Anyway, I hope you guys are well this morning. I do want to give um, a quick just note as just some more detail regarding Pastor Carlo. I have been in contact with him. Obviously, there's a lot of chaos going on in Haiti. Um, just really pray for uh, protection. Um, for instance, in one of our kind of our main uh, church that we work with uh, is in Meir, which is essentially Port-au-Prince right on the edge, and uh, also the, the school. It's a big school there, big church. Um, that's the place. A few weeks ago, we showed you kind of pictures of the courtyard that has now been built. And what, what a gift, because um, just so you understand, those kinds of walls put up are mainly for security. Um, and just in the nick of time, uh, the gang violence there is at a, at, Carlos says it's the worst he's ever seen. But anyway, uh, pray for safety. We've got a lot of families right now because unlike here in the States where, you know, we go to the store and we put food in our cupboards, uh, they, they don't have much access to that. Mostly if they do have any uh, resources, it's pretty much street markets. So right now, the country is essentially, it's starting to loosen up a little bit, but it's essentially on lockdown mainly because people are really afraid to be out on the streets. So imagine having your family uh, and your source of uh, going to purchase something for food is out on the streets and you can't go anywhere. So, um, and this will show you part of why we give into offerings. So this week, uh, I was having a conversation with Pastor Carlo, and there's a bunch of families in Mayer locked in the school facility for safety. Um, so they needed food um, kind of brought into them. And uh, you guys took care of that. You guys are paying for that. We have sent some money to make sure that they, they do have food. So we'll, we'll make sure that that's covered. And you guys, your generosity. Um, of course, I know you give specifically to Haiti. Uh, but we also, out of our general giving, uh, do those kinds of things. So that's part of what's going on down there. But really pray for protection. And I love what Jaquiel said, justice, just for holy justice, sacred justice. They need sacred leadership is what they need. And um, it's, it's just a huge deficit. In any country, any third world country you go to, uh, when you come home, you realize uh, as, as dysfunctional as we can be at times as a country, um, and as a people, you realize just things like safety, just feeling like your family's somewhat safe, what a big deal that is. And of course, we need to get better at all that too, but there are places in the world, and Haiti is one of those places where people are afraid to let their kids go to, if they can go to school, they're afraid to let them go to school because of the violence in the streets. So let's be praying for that. Sound good? So we want to um, kind of wrap up this financial piece, this our relationship with money this week, and then we're going to continue um, our series for the rest of the summer on relationship. Looking forward to next week, um, hearing about our relationship with ourself, which is going to be that that's going to be such an awesome uh, service. So make sure you don't miss that and invite your friends out. Uh, but let's let's go back to our scripture that we've been reading all the way through this. We're going to hit the last two checkpoints that we've been talking about. If you've missed this, this is the last four weeks. So we're on, we're on checkpoint number nine, and um, we've already covered eight of them. But I'd encourage you to go back because it kind of all works together, but it's all based out of this scripture in 2 Corinthians 9. Why don't we stand and read this together one last time uh, in this group of talks. 
Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. Let's hear it for that wonderful scripture. You can go ahead and be seated. So we've gone over eight of the checkpoints. Let's just, I'm going to review these real quick for you. So the first one was check your health. We talked about that we're caretakers. We're stewards. We're not owners of any stuff. It's literally any money that comes our way, we're caretakers. So we should take responsibility. Then we talked about check your past, that there's no bigger influence on the way we approach money than what's happened in our past. We've been mentored by parents and by culture, different things. So we need to learn from that, pay attention to that. The good, the bad, and the ugly, because it's all not good, it's all not bad, it's all not ugly, but it's all of those things, right? So check that out. Check your mindset. This is when we talked about having a mindset of abundance. You can either have a mindset of abundance or a mindset of scarcity, and the invitation from God seems to be to have an attitude of abundance, amen? Then it was check your heart. And we talked about, is there a cause? Like, what is your heart's desire and what is that cause that connects with the cause of God on planet Earth, right? Then check your attitude. This is where we talked about the power of gratitude when it comes to our finances and really everything. And we talked about that in that point that there are things much more valuable to all of us than money. Money's great, but there are things in life that are way more valuable than money. We talked about that. Then check your register. That was, uh, we, we said that checking your register has to do with t- talking, looking at your past, which we had already talked about. But checking your register, we wanted to look more at futuring and having dreams. What's your dream with your finances? What's your dream with your resources? We should have short-term, long-term, 
and combined dreams, combined with other people like we just talked about. A combined dream is that we would be partners with the folks in Haiti that we're connected to and we can help them out. That's a combined dream, that we wouldn't just show up and then leave. We're a part of their lives. Amen? Then check your flow. And we talked about is your flow of resources, because there's always money coming into our lives. The stream that comes in or the tributaries that come in, they're pretty consistent and they come in. Sometimes it seems like it dries up, but it keeps coming in, but then we want to be a river that flows that is like a river of life, not a dead sea. A dead sea takes in everything, but doesn't give anything out. There's no flow through the dead sea, and therefore there's no life in a dead sea. So we want to be river of life kind of people. And then we talked about checking our math. And we said that unplanted seed cannot multiply. So it was the encouragement to see opportunity over problems, that we can look at um, opportunities that Jesus, for instance, we talked about the multiplying of the loaves and fishes, and um, that the disciples were seeing all the problems, um, and Jesus saw all the opportunities. And we want to be the kind of people that see the opportunities even when it seems like there's problems, because there are financial problems, (laughs) amen, And now that brings us to today to check yourself. Check yourself. And this is, I want to talk to you about the pursuit of wealth and really what wealth is and how the Bible kind of describes. There's a, differenti- there's a differentiation, I would say, between wealth and riches. Um, and here, we're going to talk about this verse in particular for both of these points, verse 8 and 9. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. Everyone say that after me, endures forever. I'll say it again, endures forever. Do you ever think of your uh, finances and your life enduring forever? I mean, some of us think about it enduring forever when it comes certainly to eternity, and that's a huge part of it as far as, you know, uh, we're heaven people, right? We're, we're planning on uh, having a relationship with God that moves into our eternity. But this scripture seems to even go into some other things because it's talking about us giving gifts to the poor and that this endures forever. Do you ever wonder when you read scriptures like, Uh, When Jesus says that um, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, then you have those days you look at the church, the body of Christ in general, and you say, I don't know how this thing's lasting. I mean, there's people, I've had, I had a conversation with somebody this week, a couple, and they said, we're, we're wondering how is this thing going to keep going? the body of Christ, because we all see problems in that. Well, the promise is there's this enduring forever, because what we need to understand, even when it comes to our personal resources and and really our life in general, is God has a plan for humanity that spans generations. That's how Jesus can make these bold statements that that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, because, see, Jesus saw. God sees across the generations. God sees beyond. If you're going to be here for 90 years, 100 years, whatever it is, God sees beyond that. But you are, uh, you have been placed here strategically by God. So in other words, God is multi-generational. 
that your righteousness is a part of the righteousness. The righteousness that has been imparted to you is the righteousness that endures forever. One of our values as a church is to be transgenerational, to be multi-generational, to be the kind of people that look beyond ourselves. Again, in Scripture, in the Old Testament, uh, you'll notice, for instance, that there's these promises. Jeff talked about promises during worship, during our singing time. And a lot of promises come with this, like, statement. And you kind of wonder about it. It's like, you know, uh, the promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's to three generations is what the promise is. That's, the, that's part of the impartation. It's God trying to expand our sense of how the influence of our life will be And part of it is how is wealth going to carry out beyond your life? Is it going to be multi-generational? Now, a little bit of uh, definition here. Uh, Riches are what you have, what a person has. That's riches. Riches, um, these are possessions. This is the possessions that we have. Um, It is, is, uh, if not directed differently, it's just simply... It's simply something directed toward yourself, to your family, if you're a Dead Sea kind of person when it comes to flow. Possessions are just that. They do not pass through beyond death. Riches, stuff, money. But what does pass beyond, and what Jesus seems to be more attracted to in the encouragement and admonishment, it's not even so much that the riches are, uh, it, they're just kind of, they are, they are what they are, but to know that these are temporary things. But what God seems more directing us toward when it comes to the scripture is this thing that I would call wealth. See, riches are what you have. Wealth is who you are. Now, wealth encompasses the riches that you have. It, that's a part of it. That's a part, your finances, whatever kind of, you know, investments you have. That's a part of that, but it's not all you have. And God's desire, what he's saying here and what is said multiple times throughout Scripture is God's desire is that we would be wealth builders, that we would be the kind of people that are thinking transgenerationally, multi-generationally, across generations, Right? So wealth, um, if riches are possession-based and they don't pass through death, wealth is who we are and it is all-encompassing of our life. It's your character, it's your relational world, it's your finances, it's the the things that are released to you. Uh, All of those things uh, are brought into you and those things pass through death. Those things like, for instance, your relationship with your children, one of the directives, if you have children, one of the directives is to impart wealth to the next generation. One of the reasons we do children's church is we're trying to impart wealth to the next generation. Because it's not only about just your kids, it's about kids. It's about the next generation. It's about the kids beyond that generation, the next generation. It's about kids that haven't even been born yet. So you get that. So this is it. God wants us to kind of be in pursuit of wealth. So in checking ourselves, how are we doing at building wealth? Let me give you a couple of other scriptures to try to support this or references. Matthew six nineteen, Jesus says this. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin. See, I like that. Claire said, you're going to keep that? I See, vermin is like rats and parasites, insects, vermin. 
I like that term. Yeah, this is the new international version. This is the, the, yeah, anyway. It's not the one God's reading in heaven, but I like that term. Anyway, where thieves break in and steal, but listen. So in other words, he's saying, don't just go for riches, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not excuse me, do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, your heart is, will be also. So um, if just trying to accumulate riches is just being rich towards self, what God's directive is, what Jesus' directive is here is be rich toward God. That's what wealth is. If you want to really simplify wealth in a couple of terms, one is uh, to be wealthy is to be rich toward God. And another term would be wealth is who you are. Okay? Um, Now, it's interesting because in Luke 12, Jesus is talking. uh, He tells this parable about this guy who is all in pursuit of riches. It's all about, um, and he's using it as an illustration. He says, this guy, he's just like out working hard. He's just amassing and accumulating all kinds of stuff. It's a story, some of you are familiar with it in the parables, where he's building more and more barns, and then he dies. And Jesus literally calls him a fool, because it's like, it's just foolish to just try to accumulate riches over your life. And then he says, who else is going to, because he knows that doesn't pass from this life to the next, Right? And at the end of that, Jesus makes this statement. He says, so it is for everyone who accumulates riches for themselves, but is not rich toward God. So what is being rich toward God? A couple of things. Being rich toward God means that I'm going to grow my soul into an increasingly healthy and good space. Being rich toward God for you and I would mean loving and enjoying the people around us and the people that we connect with. Being rich toward God would include things like learning about the gifts that are in your life because that's part of the wealth that's been released in your life. Think about the passions and the dreams you have and doing good work to help improve the world that Jesus came to die for the humanity that's a part of it. Being rich toward God means becoming generous with your stuff and your money, right? Being rich toward God would include taking that which is temporary... And becoming and making it a servant of that which is eternal. So if you want to be wealthy, take everything that you have, which is pretty much everything you're tending to, except your relationships, take that and make it effective for that which is eternal. Oh, and how about that part of the verse where it says they freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. Did you ever wonder where some of these sayings come from? Here's where this one comes from. Psalm 112. I don't have it on the board, but just, I don't know if you want to close your eyes while I read this. I don't know if you want to just bow your head. And let's just take a moment to let the, the, the goodness of living into the wealth of God and what that means to humanity, not only in this generation, but for those to come. Let's just, let's just see where Paul gets this. It's Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. 
and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. God will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast. They trust in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. I would say those are wealthy people. Wouldn't you say that? And lastly, check your God. I just want to say this. There's so many things I could say around this point, but I just want to share this briefly, and it's just this. God is able. Paul says here God is able. God is able to exceed any expectation you have, and I have, and does all the time. I think it's important to have expectations. Like to, All that I mean by that is that you would you know, be dreaming of what God might have for you in the future or have an expectancy of God's goodness coming your way. But I just want all of us to understand that God will exceed your expectations. The scripture says that beyond anything you can imagine, hope for, and think, that's God's territory. So it's beyond what you can expect, but make sure you have that expectation. And God is able to bless you abundantly In that all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. I love when Jesus says, this is after he has this conversation with the rich young ruler. Uh, He's talking to the disciples, and they say, man, this is really hard stuff that you're asking. You ask that guy to give up everything he had. Jesus was really asking him to exchange his riches for wealth, is what he was doing. And Jesus looks at them and looks at us, and he says, with men... This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You remember the story in Acts, and I'll just kind of pull this together with this combined story. Remember the guy in Acts that's begging for his whole life? It's in Acts chapter 3. If you've never read this, just check it out. But he's begging his whole life, and this is after Jesus resurrects from the dead. There's amazing things going on. The church has already just recently been born. And um, John and uh, John and Peter are going to the temple. I got Beelzebub here. Anyway, <laughs> John and Peter. If you couldn't see, there was a fly. I, I seem to attract devils. Anyway, um, that that can really be taken out of context. Anyway. I, I just humor myself up here. That's what I do. Anyway, so they're going, and they go to, uh, they come to this gate, the gate beautiful. They're going in to pray, and this guy's begging, and he's asking for coins. He's asking for money, and they come up to him, and Peter says, you know, silver and gold. It's where Peter says, silver and gold, we don't have any of that, but what we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk, and Peter takes his hand, and the guy gets up and walks, And everything is restored. Talk about having your expectations exceeded, right? 
Like, that's amazing. Like, they, he was thinking he was going to get some coins, a little bit of money. He's done this his whole life. And God instead decides, no, I'm going to restore your ability to work. I'm going to restore your ability to play with children, to, to possibly have a family if you don't have a family already. And just the list is endless. The issues that are, that are just resolved in an instant with this guy. And he goes leaping and jumping and praising God and having a great time, and understandably so. I want you to know that if you are in a place today where you kind of can relate to that guy, you may not be disabled, but you just feel like even talking about money, it's like, I I just don't see this being any different for me. I want you to know that God is able I have watched this in my life, in our life. I've watched it in so many lives. I've watched it in my family. I, we all know we've seen it. But I want you to know that God is able in your life to do beyond what you're expecting, beyond your expectations. I told you a couple of weeks ago, and this is a story I want to close with. I told you a couple of weeks ago about my parents. I, I just want to talk about my dad for a moment. My dad... So he had worked in a steel mill, and what I had said a couple weeks ago was the steel mill that he worked for for 35 years went bankrupt three times, and he stayed with it. And finally, on the third bankruptcy, they closed up shop, and he lost everything as far as his pension. It was back. He, you know, they weren't thinking IRAs or 401ks or anything like that. That was that generation. My dad lost everything that he was kind of promised by that corporation in an instant. It was devastating. Now, at that point, my parents were Christ followers. They were faithful to God from the moment that they gave their life to Christ, but he lost his pension. He took a job shortly after that cleaning restrooms at uh, Henry Ford Village, Greenfield Village, Henry Ford Museum, cleaning restrooms. Out of that, he had this amazing blessing that in hindsight, we realized he was given insurance. He wasn't paid much, certainly didn't even come close to the pay that he had been making. He was working part-time, but they gave him insurance. Shortly after that, my dad, uh, who had arterial sclerosis, he had to have an amputation. So fortunately, he had this insurance that he had gotten from Greenfield Village from working there. It paid for everything, this insurance. It was remarkable insurance, but he has his leg amputated. So he can no longer work. He's kind of at an age where he's still trying to make his way forward with everything. Um, Out of nowhere, he gets a notice that he had been exposed to asbestos at the steel mill. So he had gotten this insurance from Greenfield Village. Then he has this this, um, class action lawsuit of everyone that had ever worked in this factory and he gets, starts to get several payouts. It wasn't like millions of dollars or anything, but it was thousands of dollars. And do you want to be exposed to asbestos to get money? No, but he had been. So he's getting these checks in the mail. And then my dad, when he was, he was in the military during the Korean War, and when uh, they discharged him, They gave him disability. It was like the lowest level. I don't know how those classes work of disability, but it was the lowest level. I didn't even know this, but for years it was was about 
Uh, it, was a, it was a mental health issue. So my dad was getting the minimum benefit. I knew he was getting this VA benefit uh, over the years, and I want to say it was like 70 bucks, 75 bucks, something like that. So he was still getting that. Well, they began to call him, the VA. And they're like, we need to examine you. we got to have a conversation. Well, my dad was uh, the kind of guy that was a little bit suspicious. Do you think he should have been <laughs> after some of the stuff he was already living through? So he was resisting, responding, and then finally they told him, and this worked, if you don't get examined, you're going to lose your $75. Now, all along, my mom and dad are just thanking God for what they have. They're, it's tough. But they're praising God, so he's like, okay, i got to do this, or I'm going to lose my 75 bucks a month, too. So they, they take him through this exam, and they give him full VA disability benefits. They said, for years, you should have had this benefit. We can't pay you back, you know, forever, but three years back pay. Three years. So then, by then, he's now reached the age of Social Security. So at that time in his life, he is making a lot more. When all of these things start to combine together, he's making a lot more than he had ever made in the steel mill. And he couldn't have seen any of it coming. You talk about beyond expectations. I'm going to tell you, because I witnessed the whole thing, and I was trying to help them navigate, my mom and dad. I know it's my mom and dad, but if it were anybody, I I read it, it's like, that's a miracle. I want you to know that God is able to exceed your expectations. Some of you don't know what you're going to do in five years. And this this is not an invitation to not be proactive, not work hard, not engage, but things happen in our lives that are devastating at times. Things happen in your life that makes you throw your hands in the air and say, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm getting older. I don't know what's going to go on with this. I want you all to know that God is able to do abundantly above, immeasurably more, the scripture says. Anything that you could imagine, that you could ask for or think. Jesus put it this way. You know what, guys? What's impossible with men and women is possible with God. So even now, I speak blessing into your life over your resources, over the wealth of your life, the abundance. I speak abundance into and over your life, into your family, into our church. I pray we would be so in awe of God doing things in phenomenal ways beyond anything we could expect. And I pray for that to be way beyond just our money but everything who we are as people that God would do something phenomenal in us thank you God so open up your um, open up your phone and go to your messages Um, while you were reading gifts scattered abroad to the poor you got an email from Pastor Carlo 
uh, I mean a text. Beautiful. And and it says, "Thank you so much for helping us to bring joy in the hearts of the Christian family of Mayer." Crossroads Church, truly, the impact is great. Thanks again. And, and look what how he ended it. Can you put this up? Oh no, that was me trying to get oh. Bruce to put it up. And then Bruce wasn't here. I'm I'm texting Bruce. I'm like Bruce, put this up on the screen at the end. He says, "Praise God, there is none like Jesus." Hallelujah. And then there's <laughs> pictures of the food you sent to the friends of Mayor. I don't know if you guys can get a close-up on that, but That's, bag, the, 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 the bags of groceries that just came in at 11.04 while we were reading Psalm 112. You just can't make stuff up like that, everybody. <laughs> just, you know, and because it's not just the food you sent, it's the fact that it got, old, it got there. Yeah, yeah. And that there weren't people violated on the way to get the food there. We just, we were asked to pray for protection and that food got there. You you have to know when food travels like that in Haiti, they're a target. That when people have things, they're a target. And your prayers, how all of you, I bet you started praying. In fact, I thought, why isn't Scott praying right now? And then I thought, well, I better cover it because he just said to pray. So I'll, you know, and I know you did too, but I want to say to us that God is able yes. uh, to make all grace abound to you, yes. that having all things at all times, you will have all that you need because you have scattered your gifts to the poor. And I, I think, you know, um, Nancy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you say anything because I, I do that to you sometimes. And, <laughs> I mean, she can play anything on it anytime, but she doesn't like me to ask her to say something if I haven't told her. But after church last week, you sent that beautiful text to me of a testimony of a time that you and Tom went through a significant hardship financially, and that there were some people that came around you and supported you during that time, and that you that God replaced exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. That was her text last week after last week's yeah. service. Yeah. And you know, and I, I just want to say, God. God is able. And then there was another person that um, somebody came to me and said, I'm really concerned about this little family and their finances, and I want to know what we can do to help them. And then after the service, that little family sent me a text saying, here's what I'm dreaming about doing for the homeless. They didn't know that this other family was thinking about them. And they were thinking about the homeless. Yes, amen. So, you know, I just want to say, you can get in the unvicious circle of God. Get on up in it, because it will, it will blow you away to see how God will make all grace abound to you. And so, anyway, I just think that was the best thing that, that could have ever happened. Best so sermon awesome. illustration yes. ever, you know, that your prayers for protection and your gifts got there. And um, so I just, I feel like that's our way to take communion today, is to be expectant and to say, thank you, God. And to say, you know what, God, you know my condition. You know what, you know what I need. You know what the people I care about need. You know what Haiti needs. You know what the world needs. And so, you know, we were talking about the vermin this morning and, um, 
And I said, are you sure you want that translation in the PowerPoint, the vermin? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, the vermin. Well, what he didn't know is I was in a class yesterday with a woman from India who was talking about the caste system and the group of people that they call the rat people that live in the garbage dumps that are looking through food in the garbage dumps and that also eat the rats. And this is a huge part of the community of the people in India, my friends. And I just wonder how God might want to make all grace abound on this day for each and every one of us and the people we're carrying in our heart. I'm going to be carrying the rat people to God during communion. I wonder who you will carry. I wonder who it is in your heart that you know is hungry or thirsty or in pain. I wonder, you know, this is the kingdom of God, my friends. We belong to each other. It's God's breath in our lungs. And there are people that have not yet awakened to God's love for them. And so as you open up your communion and just get it ready, as you open it, or if you haven't gotten it from the back table, feel free to go and get it. I want you to think about the fact that we are one body in Christ. One body in Christ. And that when we can eat, other people can eat. When we can say, yes, God, I want my heart to be open. And I just wonder, Scott, if you would read Psalm 112 to us one more time. And I'm going to ask you to posture yourself in a place where you say, Holy Spirit, let this scripture enter into my heart deeply. If there's a word or a phrase that God would speak right from heaven to earth, let's hear this word as a love letter from God. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mightily, will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. God will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, and their righteousness endures forever.
Jesus was betrayed. He took bread. He broke it. He gave thanks and said, take this, all of you, and eat it. My body is given for you. And every time you eat, remember me. the scripture teaches us that though we are many, we are one body in Christ. And so we hold the body of Christ in your loving presence today, God. Jesus Christ as the head, the one that is most precious, that heaven and earth will pass away, but you, Jesus, the word will never pass away. So we hold the body of Christ in your presence today. We hold all those that you've put in our hearts to hold. Those in the body that we see that are broken and hurting and needing to know the love of God. And though we are many, we are one body. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, come to the aid of our friends, to the aid of those whose tears are falling even now, to the aid of those who are hungering like we've never hungered, for those who are living in fear that they would know the one can calm their fears. And together we remember you, Jesus, as we remember them. And together we receive the, this communion, this Eucharist, with thanksgiving. supper was over, Jesus lifted up the cup and gave thanks and said, take this, all of you, and drink it. This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood is shed for you and for all people, all people, everywhere, so that sins will be forgiven. And here, God, we ask you to forgive our sins. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. You said every time you drink, remember me. And now we remember you. Precious. 
to God, God, I want it to be true, but maybe I do desire some things more than you. And just be as honest with God as you're able. Say, oh God, I want you to be more precious than anything in my life. I want to desire you more than anything this world offers. Just get honest with God. Maybe there's even things coming to your mind right now that you want to say, oh yeah, maybe that's before God. I, I want to just say, God, I, I want nothing to desire. I want to desire nothing more than you. I want that to be true of me. I want that my treasure would be you. That my heart would be where my treasure is. here with God. Let God hold your story because God already knows it. And each of us, God, have things that are before you. And that never works. So just confess that to God. now may God heal you. May God the Father heal you. May Christ restore you. And the Spirit enable you to grow in love. And so, God, as we um, get ready to leave this place, we want to praise you for every gift and every grace that you've given us. We want to praise the one from whom all blessings flow. We want to let praise come up out of our hearts, full of gratitude for the one who, who sees us as we are, accepts us as we are, and transforms us into the image of Christ. We do praise you, God, from whom all blessings flow. We want to lift our heads toward heaven and say, God is able. And could you say that? Just say, God is able to make all blessings flow in my life. That you are able to make all blessings flow in the people's lives that we love. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Bless you and keep you. May God make God's own face shine upon you and give you peace. Bless you all. Greet someone on the way out and let them know that they are beloved of God. They are blessed of God and let the 
flow go on. Amen.